Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. We're going to continue our series entitled First Love Again. And we're talking about something today that some of us like to skip over. The title of the message is Love the Gifts. In the last two weeks that I've preached, uh, I had a really long subtitle for each of the messages. So I thought in honor of that, I would kind of do the same thing and, and put a long subtitle on this message too. So the title of the message is Love the Gifts. The subtitle of the message is quite possibly the weirdest message I'll ever preach in this church. How, does that scare some of you? Some of you first-timers are like, oh, my dear Lord, what is about to happen? I, I'm going to help you understand why it's so weird. I'm, I'm, I'll let the cat out of the bag. I'm being a little bit sarcastic. But I'm kind of just trying to poke the bear a little bit because I think some of us view the gifts of the Holy Spirit through the way man has properly or improperly used the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It is not a healthy or biblical thing to make a human determination about a spiritual thing simply because a human misused or abused that spiritual thing. We we can't just set everything aside just because a human like me messed something up. You probably haven't messed anything up ever in your life, but I have messed up plenty of things, especially as it relates to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you how many times I've felt the Holy Spirit give me a word of prophecy for somebody, and I in some way messed some part of it up. Let me tell you why. Because I'm not the Holy Spirit. And if I were your enemy, I would try and sour you on one of the best things about walking hand in hand with the Holy Spirit. That's the gifts that come from the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just say at the very beginning of this message, we we don't worship the gifts, but we do worship the giver. And part of quenching the Holy Spirit involves saying no to the gifts of the Spirit. So let's read this together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're gonna start in verse seven. I'm not covering all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I don't have enough time. But I am going to cover what's, what's typically referred to as the manifestational gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. But to each one, speaking of believers, is given the manifestation of the Spirit or a gift or gifts of the Spirit for the common good. Now, when you think about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and if something godly doesn't come to your mind, you probably need to evaluate that a little bit. Because here's what Scripture says. Here's the point of the the Holy Spirit giving gifts to and through us. The common good, the good of all. Uh, Let me say it even more specifically. Every time the Holy Spirit gives a gift to a child of God to be distributed through them, here's the point for Jesus to be exalted. This is the point. There's nothing weird about this. Verse 8, for to one is given the word of wisdom. Now we're going to get into the list of the manifestational gifts. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. So it's not natural. To another, the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. 
and to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits or the discerning of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. And I'm going to go through eight of the nine, and then next week we're actually going to do the whole message on prophecy because Paul puts that in a category, a a different category of importance. But I want to show you uh, an illustrated picture of just how weird the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but some of us, when we just hear the term gifts of the Holy Spirit, we get weirded out. We get freaked out. Now, I'm going to throw gas on that fire. I'm going to prove to you how unbelievably weird the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. Okay? I can't, can't see who's over here. Uh, I, I can't even see. Jim, will you come up here? Uh, what, Phil, come here. If you guys will come around this way, you don't have to climb up the, the top. I'm going to show you just how weird this is. Because if you think the gifts of the Holy Spirit are weird, I, I, I totally agree with you. Totally. They're so weird. Okay? And I'm going to show you how weird they are. Just to prove that for however long you have believed the gifts of the Holy Spirit are weird, that you were right. You're totally right. Okay? Now, here's what we're going to do. I, I work with these two. Uh, and Jen, many would say, if, if someone was going to uh, pretend to be the Holy Spirit for a minute, Jen is in the bad pick. So Jen, will you come stand right here? Okay, and I'm, I'm just going in this illustration to serve as a child of God. And this is going to be uh, an intended target. Okay? Could be a believer, could be an unbeliever. All right? Don't read into that, Phil. Okay? Here's how weird the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. Okay, you ready? Who is this? The Holy Spirit, all right? What is this? This represents a gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, watch this. Are you ready? Because it's going to get so stinking weird for about 30 seconds. You ready? Okay, here's how weird it is. Okay, you missed it, I think. You missed it. Okay, you got to catch how weird this is. This is so weird. Somebody help me understand how it got so weird. Is there anything weird about that? (laughs) Is there anything weird about this? Is it different? Yes. What's the word holy mean? Altogether different. So I agree, it's different, but it's not weird. It's not weird, but if I were your enemy, I would try and make every one of these weirdo McWeirdo. (laughs) And here's why, because here's what will happen. If you believe the gifts of the Holy Spirit are weird, here's what you'll do. When the Holy Spirit tries to distribute a gift through you, this is what you'll do. Now I got a friend who's in a really dark place who doesn't need my advice. He needs a word of wisdom that can only come from the spirit of the living God who has all wisdom. And because I have adopted 
a dogmatic perspective, a weirdly dogmatic perspective of the gifts. My back is turned not just on the gifts, but on whom? The Holy Spirit. And here is the Father's desire for the church of Jesus Christ. I'm not taking it back from him. Just pretend this is like hundreds of gifts, okay? The giftings and callings of God are irrevocable. I got a few theologians thinking, this is not theologically accurate. I'm not taking it away. Thank you guys very much. Appreciate it. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are supernatural demonstrations of the Holy Spirit's presence and power. That is not weird. And I don't know if you're paying attention to what what is going on in the earth right now, but we need a lot more of the Spirit of God at work on the earth. Here's the deal. God set it up in such a way where the Holy Spirit works through the children of God. But what good am I as a child of God if my back is turned on the Spirit of the living God moving on the earth today? trying to distribute his gifts through me. Now, let me just say at the very beginning of this, because one of the phrases I've heard over the years from people, I have the gift of. I have the gift of. I have the gift of prophecy. I have the gift of of miracles. I have the gift of faith. Okay, let me help you understand something. Any person might be used frequently in certain gifts, but no one possesses any of the gifts. The minute I start believing I have the gift of, I'm on dicey ground because it's the Holy Spirit that gives the gifts. And listen, the way it's supposed to work is the second I get it, I give it. So so think about this. If I walk around saying I have the gift means I'm just holding on to something. I'm not meant to have, I just pass it on. Holy Spirit, whichever gift you would like to give to this intended target, my responsibility is to yield. Here's what you have to know about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will not force himself upon you. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman, so he's not gonna force himself. But his desire is that we would willingly be open to receive and distribute by his empowerment. Okay, three points in this message where I'm gonna kind of give you my verbiage for three, in my opinion, three categories of these manifestational gifts. Here's point number one. I call them the do something gifts. These gifts do something supernatural. Here's the first one, the gift of healing. Now, remember, before I give you a, a, defini- a definition, I won't call it the definition, a definition. Scripture does not define the, these gifts. It labels the gifts, but doesn't define. So I'm going to try and give you a definition to help you understand if, if you don't, if you never heard of these gifts or don't quite understand what they are. Here's the definition for the gift of healing. The gift of healing is a sudden supernatural endowment to heal physically sick people without any natural source or means. 
2 Kings 5. Now, I'm, I'm basically just going to give you definitions, and then every once in a while I'm going to share a story with you, but I don't have enough time. We're, we're not going to break all of these down where we spend 15 minutes. We'd be here through the next service, okay? But what we're really trying to do with this message is open the door in our hearts to say, Holy Spirit, if there's a gift that you would like to give through me, come Holy Spirit. Give it through me. That's the point of this message, okay? 2 Kings 5, one of my favorite chapters in the Old Testament, where Elisha heals Naaman. Supernatural healing. Acts 3, Peter heals the crippled at the gate called Beautiful. There are tons of, of moments in Scripture where the gift of healing is distributed through one of God's children. Here's the second of, of the do something gifts, the gift of miracles. The gift of miracles is a supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. How about Exodus 14, Moses parts the Red Sea. You know, one of my concerns about our perspective of the scriptures, if, if we've read stories enough over the years, especially if we grew up in the church, if we're not careful, we begin to see them like stories rather than history. Because I just want you to think about it for a second. How many of you would say that the parting of a sea is miraculous? If you don't think it's miraculous, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you some homework. I want you to go home into your backyard to your pool. I want you to stand before your pool, raise your arms. And try and part those waters. Just a pool, not a sea. You could even use a kiddie pool if you have one. It's miraculous. Here's how miraculous it is. We're still talking about it to this day. We should not ever read the scriptures and the stories of scripture in such a way where it does not ignite our faith. Every time I read the miraculous moments in scripture where God did something only he could do, here's what happens. My faith rises. And that's the third of, of the do something gifts, the gift of faith. The gift of faith is a sudden impartation of faith which enables the receiver to believe God for mighty miracles and works of God. Now, there's a difference between what I would call ordinary faith I'm talking about saving faith. Ordinary faith comes by hearing the word of God. But supernatural faith is an, a, a sudden impartation from the Holy Spirit of faith to believe God. Here's how I, I would describe it for me personally, because this has happened a couple of times. When, when the Holy Spirit has given me the gift of faith, it supernaturally enabled me to believe something was possible that everybody around me was saying is impossible. I'll give you an example. When I moved here to start this church, I sat down with a bunch of pastors from all over the valley. And just the nerdy me sitting down, asking a bunch of questions, loaded spiritual questions. I tried to sit down with as many men of God that I could who had been serving God in this valley for many decades. And uh, very, very sweet and some great moments. And there seemed to be a theme for many of them. And, and here, here, here was kind of a theme. 
that I just felt, and, and please hear my heart, not, not coming at anybody. Uh, they had just served the Lord for a long time in this valley, uh, in this desert, spiritual desert, and there seemed to be a pervasive perspective. And so I heard phrases like this from multiple different pastors. Now, Preston, and it was sweet what they were trying to do. They were trying to calibrate me, okay? Because they probably picked up on the fact that I was a, a, an ignorant uh, young man, okay? Now, Preston, they don't read their Bibles here in the valley the way they do in the Bible Belt. Now, Preston, they don't tithe here in Scottsdale the way they do in Southlake. Now, Preston, they don't come to church here in the valley the way they do in the Bible Belt. And every time I heard it, and there was no judgment. I, I understand where it's coming from. And there's a part of it that's sweet. They were trying to calibrate me that here isn't there. And I get it. But here's what, the more I heard that phrase, here's what I began to sense. He is him anywhere. And it doesn't matter whether it's there or here. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I really don't care if I'm there or here as long as he is wherever I have to be. I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me the gift of faith to believe. And what I literally felt in my prayer room back here, I, I, I shot a bear years ago with a bow. I'm sorry if you're a PETA, if that offended you. I really apologize. Uh, but I donated the meat. Uh, if you're a vegan, I'm sorry, I just offended you right there. <laughs> but I, I uh, humanely harvested a bear, I should have said, probably. And I have, I have the rug. And in my prayer room back here. In my prayer room back here, I have it on the wall. Now, for those of you who've are judging me based on this. Now you might feel a little bit bad about judging me. Here's the reason I have my bear rug on the wall because one of my favorite lines in the Old Testament is when David stands before Goliath and he says, listen, I have seen my God kill the lion. I have seen my God kill the bear. And today I will see my God kill you too. <laughs> and so I have a bear rug on my wall so that every time I go in to be alone with the Lord, I'm reminded of the fact it's not by might, it's not by power, but by his spirit. Yes. This is what faith does. If I were to just look at my ability and strength, there'd be no faith at all. I can't pull anything off. But God. And he loves to use broken, weak vessels. And here's why. Because when something supernatural happens through someone who is weakly natural, only the God of the universe gets the glory for what was done. So let me just say, if you feel weak today, your weakness is a divine setup for the God of the universe to do something supernatural through you where he alone gets glory in your circle of influence. Here's the second of course, the gift of faith, if you want one of the best moments of the gift of faith, Daniel chapter 3, uh, standing in front of a fiery furnace and being able to say, our God will rescue us, but even if he doesn't, 
That's a, that's a supernatural measure of faith. Paul with Eutychus. Remember when Eutychus falls and, and uh, dies and everyone's freaking out? And Paul, I believe, with the gift of faith, says very just nonchalantly but confidently, don't worry, he's not dead. Kid, kid just fell out of a window. Don't worry, he's not dead. And Paul just keeps, it just keeps going. It's a gift, anyways, just go study it out. It's Acts chapter 20. Okay, point number two, the say something gifts. The say something gifts say something supernatural. The first one is the gift of prophecy. We're going to do a whole message on the gift of prophecy next week. Do not miss that message. The second is the gift of tongues. This is where some of us find an excuse to get weirded out. We've talked about this before. Citizens of a kingdom understand the language of the kingdom in which they live. There is a, a local language. Okay, we are a part of a heavenly kingdom. And this heavenly kingdom has a heavenly language. There's nothing weird about it. Let me give you a definition of the gift of tongues. Because it is a little bit different and I'll describe the differences between private or praying in the spirit and a public tongue. The gift of tongues is the sudden supernatural ability to speak in a language that is unknown to the speaker. It's a language not known by the speaker, a language not understood by the speaker or by the hearer. Now, there's private tongue, and, and 1 Corinthians 14 talks about both of these different ways to use a heavenly language. One, we pray in the Spirit. The Bible says, I am personally edified when I pray in the Spirit. I'm encouraged. But then the other is a public use of a heavenly language. And here's the difference. When I'm praying in the Spirit, there's no interpretation. I don't understand what I'm saying. I'm simply yielding my tongue to the Spirit of God. But then in public, when there is a tongue given, a, a, a word in tongue or the gift of tongues, there's always, when it's from the Holy Spirit, there's always what's called the gift of interpretation. There's an interpretation to the tongue. And that brings us to the gift of interpretation of tongues. The interpretation of tongues is a supernatural speaking forth in an understandable language of that which has been said in an unknown tongue. Okay, this is where I need to kind of put some of us at ease because some of us maybe have been in churches where people just blurted out in the middle of the service and you might be sitting there thinking, is that where we're about to go? Is this where we're headed, Preston? Here's what I'd say. No, we're not headed down a path that is disorderly or not submitted to the authority God has established. But let me also say, we're not just talking about using the gifts in the church. I think it's kind of sad that some of us, our only thought is, how is this going to affect weekend services? Here's what I think the Holy Spirit is thinking and saying. How is this going to affect our everyday lives? Why would I think about an hour a week? And some of us, it's maybe an hour every four to six weeks. 
Why do you think the Holy Spirit would inspire writers in Scripture to talk about something that was only supposed to happen one hour a week? The Holy Spirit wants to distribute gifts all throughout the week. Now, let me say this. Do I think that when you're at, at your workplace, your place of work, that the Holy Spirit is just going to, out of nowhere, put upon you the gift of tongues to where you give a word in a heavenly language to the woman or man in the cubicle next to you? Possibly. Possibly. I don't know. But let me just put you at ease. That's one of the gifts, okay? It's one of the gifts. I can just tell you from experience, the number one person on my list that I wanted to see God reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ, using me or anyone else, 15 years, Holly and I prayed for that man. And never once was there a moment where the Holy Spirit gave me a tongue for him and then an interpretation. I don't know why, maybe because for him, it would have completely weirded him out. But you know what did happen? I can't tell you how many times over that 15 years that the Holy Spirit gave me a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. So here's the point. The point isn't which gift. The point is an openness to simply be a heavenly Amazon truck driver distributing the gifts. How many of you love to see that Amazon truck pull up to your house? If you're like my wife, you, it is like a holy moment when that Amazon truck pulls up. Right? Yeah. Okay. Wouldn't it be amazing if the people around us, especially those who don't yet know Jesus, every time we walked into a room, something inside him was like, oh, I don't want to say it because I, I want to pretend like I don't care. Man, the last time I talked with her, she said something. I don't even understand how she knew. I just kind of want to see what will happen next. What will the Amazon truck deliver today? <laughs> I'm not trying to be silly. I'm just trying to shine light. That when the Holy Spirit moves, it's better than Santa at Christmas. The gifts the Holy Spirit gives are so much better than any earthly gift I could give anybody I love because they're supernatural. Here's the third, the reveal something gifts. The reveal something gifts. Obviously, these three gifts reveal something supernatural, supernaturally. This gift I've, I've heard over the years, I've heard it be called the gift of discernment. I have the gift of discernment. And here's what I would say, that's not this gift. It's the discerning of spirits. Now, maybe you've seen someone say they operated in the gift of discernment, but what they really did was they had a judgmental spirit towards your motives and others' motives. Have you ever seen that gift? Yeah. I've seen it a lot. I get in the lobby every once in a while. I have the gift of discernment. Once I hear that phrase, I just keep my mouth shut. I just, like the little boy, I'm like, we're already off to a bad start. But I'm going to let you keep going. It's not the gift of discernment. It's the gift of discerning of spirits. And let me just say something. Being very transparent. 
I've never asked the Holy Spirit for this gift until this season. And I've found myself asking the Holy Spirit to give me the gift of discerning of spirits. And here's why. Because for whatever reason, I and Holly and I are are finding ourselves in pastoral ministry moments where the enemy is at work. And rather than spend four hours, I've just started asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you reveal what doors are open? Would you reveal what demonic spirits are at play trying to attack right now? With my, with my teenagers. This is something as a parent I think that's very valuable. Holy Spirit, would you give me the gift of discerning of spirits? Would you help me to see and know? What's going on in the spiritual realm as it relates to my children? Let me give you a definition for this. The gift of discerning of spirits is often defined as a sudden supernatural ability to see or otherwise discern what is occurring in the spiritual realm. Mark chapter 9, Jesus names the deaf and dumb spirit. The discerning of spirits. We've talked about this through this series. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in the unseen world. There are things going on which I can't see. I told you a couple of weeks ago, one of the most dangerous things is to look at something spiritual and call it natural. To look at a spiritual problem and simply call it a personal problem. It's been a really amazing and special thing these last couple of weeks to see some people be set free from demonic oppression. Now, some of you are like, Preston, I haven't heard you talk about this very much over the last decade, and I've been here a really long time. And, and here's what I think happens. Sometimes when people, when, when I give a part of God's word that they're not as comfortable with, here's what they, they might be tempted to do. Well, Preston just learned this. This is something new. Let me just tell you, this is something I've believed since I was a little boy. Okay? This is not new. I believed in the gifts of the Spirit since I was a boy. So please, what I'm asking of you is that you just have an open heart. You, you don't even need to focus on the specific gifts. Here's what I would say. Just have an open heart with the Holy Spirit to say, whatever you want to do in my life, I yield. I want you to do it. I want you to do it even if I don't understand it. Let me just let you in on a little theological secret. If everything you do in life you understand, most likely not much supernatural is happening through you. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I just kicked the gift. That's probably bad. (laughs) I just, my prayer with this message is that you would hear it with little boy, little girl ears. I've said this so many times that every 65-year-old is just a five-year-old on the inside. And we all love to receive gifts. We love it. So where did things get so wonky with the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we would ever say, nah, bro, no, not through me. The reveal something gifts are some of my favorite gifts because they, 
expose something. So the distinguishing of, of spirits, the discerning of spirits, exposes what's happening in the spiritual realm. Here's the second, a word of wisdom. Another one of my favorites, a word of wisdom is a supernatural inspiration that enables us to speak the right word in a difficult situation with an ability beyond our own natural wisdom. Great example of this, my favorite example of this, in fact. First Kings 3, remember King Solomon? He has two women who come to him. One of their babies has died. And apparently the other woman has claimed the living baby as her own. And so they are literally fighting over this baby. And Solomon... Though the wisest man, I 100% believe this was a word of wisdom because this was beyond human intellect. Two women are fighting over this baby and here's what Solomon, one of my heroes in scripture says. Solomon says, somebody bring me a sword. I just want you to imagine. I mean, just, just be one of the women. Be the mother of the baby for a minute. Somebody bring me a sword. And it was a test to reveal who the real mother was. Because the one who was not the biological mother was the mother of the baby who died. That mother was like, yep, cut the baby in half. And the real mother pleaded and said, no, 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 don't do it. Just give her the baby. Solomon said, that's the mother, give the baby to her. (sighs) Have you ever been in a situation where you didn't know what to do? I don't know what to do right now. I don't know if you're paying attention to what's going on in the church world. I feel like I've been grieving the second half of this week. I don't know what to do other than to double down on the God of the universe. Because it appears as though things are changing right beneath our feet. And that may not be a bad thing. What if if some of our methods have become so important to us that without realizing it, we started worshiping the method more than worshiping the king of the universe, the maker of all things? What if? What if what God is doing on the earth right now is purifying the church, his church? Please hear my heart. There is not a lick of judgment. It could be me. It could be you. I don't ever want to look into my family, the family of God, with judgment. You have no idea what these people have gone through. You have no idea what it's like to fall asleep under attack the way that they have. I am not excusing anything that's been done. But what I'm trying to say is now is not the time to lob harsh judgment. It's not the time. We need to come together as a family. You want to know why the enemy wants to divide the church? Because as long as he can divide the church, when we're able to be divided, it's because we're focusing on ourselves and one another rather than on Jesus. I don't know what to do right now. So you know what would be great? A word of wisdom. Let me ask you, let's just be real for a second. How many of you would love for me to lead this church based on my own wisdom? 
Yeah, I don't want to go to that church either. (laughs) So I hope you don't make the gift of the word of wisdom weird. Because the pastor here really, 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 really needs words of wisdom. I sit with people all the time who don't need my intellect, my opinion, my experience, my knowledge. They need a word of wisdom from the one who has all wisdom. Would it be okay with you if there were supernatural moments in your life where the Holy Spirit gave you the gift of wisdom beyond anything you could naturally have picked up in a book? Parents, would it be okay if the Holy Spirit knocked on the door of your heart every once in a while and said, I want you to go into your teen's room and I'm giving you the gift of a word of wisdom, and I want you to go share it with them. Would that be okay? Here's the last of the three gifts of the reveal something gifts, a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is a sudden supernatural impartation of certain information, past or present. 1 Samuel 10, Saul's donkeys, go read that one. Total word of knowledge. Total word of knowledge. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. How about John 4? Jesus with the woman at the well. One of my favorite words of knowledge in the New Testament. Jesus is like, where's your husband? She's like, I don't have a husband. Jesus is like, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had, what is it, five husbands? And the man you're living with now isn't your husband. She's like, I thought I was just here for water. Jesus is like, you are living water. And I'm going to use a gift of the Holy Spirit to get your eyes off of natural water and open up your heart to an insatiable desire for living water, which earthly water will never be able to satisfy. Word of knowledge. This just happened a couple weeks ago. One of my mentors who is in London, was in town, flew right here into Scottsdale. We went to lunch. After lunch, we came right back here to my office. We had a time of prayer, about 45, 50 minutes. And during the time of prayer, one of his friends, uh, he's a a pretty influential man in the body of Christ, one of his friends uh, dials him in and he answers it. And I didn't know this man from Adam. This man didn't know me from anyone, never heard of me. And uh, my mentor says, well, you want to join us for a time of prayer? He says, well, I got to get ready for a meeting, but I'd love to join you gentlemen for a few minutes. So we go back into prayer. And this man, about a minute and a half in to praying with us, says, Ken, would you turn the phone around to Preston? I feel like God's given me a word for him. And the the man said, Preston, are, are you married? I said, yes. I said, what's your wife's name? I said, Holly. He said, do you have kids? I said, yes. He said, what are your three kids' names and ages? And I told him. And he begins to pray, and then he begins to give me a word. And at first it started out as a word of prophecy, and then it, it transitioned at one point to a word of knowledge. A, a divine reception of specific information that only God could give. He didn't, he'd never even heard of me in his life. You know, you know, someone doesn't know who you are 
when after the first time they say your name, they don't use your name for another six minutes, but they say him, he, she, you know, it's because they forgot your name. Let me just tell you. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he forgot my name. But he starts to prophesy over my daughter. And he says, your oldest, your daughter, Riley, 13 months ago, there was a spiritual assassination attempt on her life and her calling. And the second he said it, I just lost it. He didn't say there was a spiritual assassination. He said 13 months ago. Okay, there's literally no way. There is no way. He starts to go on and then he moves to my wife. And he says, and just over two years ago, your wife was literally drained of every ounce of energy in her body. And he starts going down that road. He had no idea. We had fostered a baby, one of the Embrace Embrace Grace babies. We had him, a six-month-old, for nearly a year. And like with all of the babies that we help take care of, we always want them to be reunited with their parents, first and foremost, if that's what God desires. But there's always the possibility when you foster that God might ask you to adopt. And so we, we were open. We weren't sure, but we were trying to do everything to help mama get to a great place. And... After almost a year, we thought there, there's a real possibility that we might be adopting this baby, not trying to, but being asked to. And when that, that didn't happen, uh, you know, my wife, uh, uh, she loves deeply. And she, she laid down her whole life to take care of little Maxon for 12 months, nearly 12 months. And then when he went back to be with mama, um, it, it, it was difficult. And it took a little while for my wife to feel like she was getting her mojo back. And this man is just, he's calling it out. He didn't even know my, he didn't even know my wife existed 10 minutes ago. And yet the Holy Spirit is giving him something. And then he starts to prophesy over our church. And here's, here's one of the awesome things about any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's like when Jacob got the revelation, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. It's not about the person giving the gift. Nobody cares about me being in the middle. They're not focused on the distributor, on the Amazon truck driver. How many of you are more excited about the driver than you are the gift the driver brings? It's not about the man or woman in the middle. It's about the gift the Holy Spirit is giving. Paul ends 1 Corinthians 12 saying, earnestly desire the best gifts. Then he begins, after the chapter of love, he begins 1 Corinthians 14 by saying, earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Here's my goal and my heart for this message. I'm not trying to get you to give a gift that scares you. All I'm trying to do is to get us all to a place where our hearts are open to do anything the Holy Spirit asks us to do. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.